Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Worship team, thank you so much. Incredible as usual. Thank you. Uh, if you're surprised to see me up here this morning, I want to let you know I'm just as surprised to be here. Uh, uh, through a chain of events, uh, I'm like fourth on the list, and we hit number four. So I got the call to come up and speak this morning. I am honored to be here, and I appreciate uh, everybody that's in here today. Uh, thank you all so much for being here this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt. I'm the youth director here at Living Word Family Church. I uh, help shepherd in our students every Wednesday night in youth group. And uh, can I get a shout for my solid rockers in here? Yeah, there's a handful of you. All right, glad to have you guys. <laughs> uh, today, this morning, I want to share with you uh, a brief message, one I shared with the students a couple weeks ago, made some tweaks and adjustments to it, and I hope you're blessed by it. The title of this morning's message is, What Happens When Life Disappoints? What happens when life disappoints. If you're breathing, some point in your life you've been disappointed, whether a minor disappointment or whether a severe disappointment that just rocks your world. And I was thinking of some examples, and they're, they're literally endless, endless ways that we can be disappointed with life. Maybe you didn't get that job Maybe you didn't get that job that you were really gunning for. You applied for it, you interviewed for it, and you're like, man, that interview went really well. I'm going to get that call. And that call came, but it was to thank you, but we're going to go a different direction. And that's disappointing, right? When you have your hopes set on something, your heart set on something, and it doesn't go the way you think it should go, the way you want it to go, we just get deflated, right? We get disappointed. Maybe you're stuck in a job that you're not really happy in. Maybe it's not your dream job. Maybe it's not even what you went to school for. You're like, man, I studied and trained, and here's what I want to do, and I just cannot get into what I want to do. I'm stuck in this job that I'm not really happy with. I'm not really fulfilled in it. And you're just disappointed. You're disappointed with the direction that your career, that your life is going. Uh, just as a, as a quick example, I had a dream uh, when I was younger uh, high school, to be an architect. I love architecture. Love it. I mean, I could just walk through a big city and just stare at buildings and old classic architecture and skyscrapers. I mean, I just, I just love it. I'm fascinated by it. I'm also halfway gifted, or used to be anyway, uh, when I was into it, uh, with computer drafting. That was something I really enjoyed doing and something that I really got a kick out of. So I'm like, hey, this, is, this seems to be a good fit, right? So, and I even remember, and for those of you who've been here long enough may remember too, when I graduated high school, I stood up in here uh, with a few other graduates at the time, and you know how the, we'd go down the road, what would you like to do with your entire life? And I said, I'm going to go to Parkland and then transfer to the U of I and to be an architect. You know, and everybody, oh, that's very good. You know, I had this dream because it was something that I enjoyed, enjoyed so much that I thought, why not? Let's do it, Right. And plus, it doesn't hurt that according to the career pages that I read, you know, when I'm looking for a career, the money probably wouldn't be too bad either. That helped, right? So I did what I planned on doing. I went to Parkland for two years. Uh, I, then I transferred to the U of I. I remember when I got that acceptance letter in the mail. I, was, I shouted. I was super stoked. 
Uh, I, I remember Ash and I went to our, the campus day at the U of I where you kind of go and look around and whatever. It's like a welcome students thing or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm so excited. I'm a University of Illinois student, right? About three weeks into that first semester, I'm like, oh, no, this is not for me. This is literally, like, I found out, like, you don't even get into the computer part of it, the part that I was good at, until, like, year three, okay, or year four, maybe even senior year. And I'm like, so I'm trying to do all these sketches, and if you've never seen me sketch, you're blessed, okay? I'm not very good at hand drawings and stuff, but that's, we were working on a lot of, like, the theoretical and, like, sketch perception and all this kind of stuff, you know? And that's just not, I'm like, this isn't, I'm just... I'm just not good at this. And I'll never forget the phone call that I made to my mom that day that I dropped my classes and said, Mom, I'm sorry, this is just not working. Uh, And so now I'm like, what do I do? I mean, I kept one class because that would be the class that I would be able to transfer a credit from, like a psychology class or something. Kept one class and ended up going back to the Parkland, the place that I said I would probably never go back to because now I'm a big U of I student, right? So I went back to Parkland. And for those of you who don't know, I would have a doctorate at Parkland if they offered such a thing. I think I was there for six years trying to figure out what I was wanting to do. Uh, But anyway, but I was so disappointed because that literally for like four years was my plan. That was my plan, was to be an architect and to, to design and build cool buildings or houses or whatever, and it didn't work. I was so let down, so disappointed with the direction that I thought my life was supposed to go but didn't. And I'm here to let you know today that there are no end to disappointments. We're walking in a fallen and broken world. We are fallen and broken people. And without God in our lives, disappointment is around every single corner. And let me tell you something, even with God in our lives, there's still going to be disappointments because we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Maybe your marriage didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Maybe your kids aren't going the way you wanted them to go. You raise them up, you train them up, and now they're off in the world doing God knows what, and you're like, I'm so disappointed. I thought this would go different. I thought they'd be serving God. There are no limit to the disappointments we can find if we look around. I could have come up with an example. I could have just gone over disappointments all morning. That's not what you're here for, of course. But I wanted to show you something, going through a couple of examples in God's Word about how we can handle life's disappointments and how that Uh, changes our trajectory in life, okay? So turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15. And for my solid rockers, I usually have my Bible marked up ahead of time so I can flip the stuff pretty easy, so we'll see how that goes. 1 Samuel chapter 15. We're going to be looking real quickly uh, at Saul, King Saul, the first king of Israel, He had a plan too. God had anointed him king of Israel, the first king of Israel. He was a man of stature. Uh, 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 he, he, he was a little bit nervous at first, but filled into that king role. Was a pretty good king at first. And then through a chain of events and through some circumstances, there's a couple specific ways that he disobeyed God. He, was, he and uh, the, uh, the nation of Israel was supposed to completely defeat the Amalekites. He defeated them, but ended up taking the king captive and bringing back the best of the spoils. And Samuel said, you didn't do what God said. 
And Saul said, well, sure I did. I defeated him. We, we brought this stuff back to sacrifice to the Lord. You ever make excuses because you thought you were in the right? Samuel's like, nope, wasn't what you were supposed to do. That was not what you were supposed to do. That's not what God ordered you, commanded you to do. So we see in verse 23, uh, Samuel says to Saul, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So, because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. How big of a disappointment do you think that was to Saul? Probably pretty big, don't you think? Not only was he losing a job, he was literally losing the kingdom that, he was, that God had tasked him to, to rule over, right? I'm assuming he would have had a plan for his son to rule after him. Wouldn't you think? That would make sense, right? That's how the kingly lion works. So when he got this message from the Lord through Samuel that the, God has rejected you as king, I would imagine that was a pretty big disappointment. And if you read on in Samuel, you read on at what happens as Saul becomes more and more disappointed with what has happened. What does he do? He begins to get bitter. He begins to get angry. He begins to see the call of God on a young man named David who was serving in his court, who became very close to the king and his family, especially his son Jonathan. He began to see the call of God on this young man's life, and he could see the writing on the wall. And what did Saul do? He attempted to kill David. He attempted to kill a man who had God's blessing on his life. Why? Because he could not get past the disappointment of things not going his way. Saul took the wrong path. When things didn't go his way, he could have picked a different reaction, a different response. He could have been the man of God and did whatever he could have, do, what could have done to either get God's blessing back or to serve out the rest of his days and let God's plan move forward. But instead, he tried to change things on his own because he was bitter. Now I want you to look with me at Job. Now I just want to let you know that I typically, I mean, our messages back in youth group are pretty short, so... You know, don't be upset with me if I, if I go too quick and get done. But Job chapter 1, let's look at the response from Job. If you guys are familiar with Job, Job had it all. Livestock, family, uh, I mean, he just, he had it all. And what happened? What happened? It was taken from him, right? You guys remember that? It was all taken from him. The enemy attacked took away his livestock, basically his wealth, his servants. Sorry, this is what happens when I don't mark it up ahead of time. Here we go. Job chapter 1. We're going to read a couple of verses here. Job chapter 1. What happened when he had everything taken away from him? Now, we could take a whole message, we could take a whole series and talk about why that was allowed to happen, why it was, everything he had was allowed to be taken away from him. That's not what I want to focus on today. What I want to focus on is Job's reaction. If you're living a good life and you've got everything you need, houses, livestock, uh, happy kids, servants, wealth, stature, whatever it is, you've got all your health, when you've got it all, 
You're living good, right? You're pretty happy. And what happens when all that is taken away? I mean, like, when you read and hear it, when it was taken away quick, it was like boom, 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 one disaster after another, and all of a sudden Job went from the man who had it all to the man who had nothing. And even his health was taken from him. Crazy to think about that. How would we feel if everything we had was just suddenly taken away from us, ripped out of our hands? And Job, we'll see his response in Job chapter 1, verse 20. We read, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief, because this was after that last bit of bad news was delivered to him. Tore his robe in grief, and then he shaved his head and fell, into the, fell to the ground to worship. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord, the Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, once you see in verse 22, what do we see here? In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Do you see the difference there? We see Saul, who lost the kingdom and pretty much blamed everybody but himself. Became bitter, angry, attempted to kill the man with the call of God on his life because he knew, he knew that someday he would be replaced because the kingdom had been taken away from him. Then we see Job, who has had everything taken away from him, who has lost it all. What is his response? I'm not in control. I came into this world with nothing. I'm going to go out of this world with nothing. Praise be to God. And in everything that had happened to him, he did not sin by blaming God. How many people do you know that have something bad happen in their lives? And their first thing is to do, why God? Why did you do this to me? Why did this happen to me? They become bitter. They become angry. That literally changes the trajectory of your life. Changes it. Stay in Job and turn to chapter 13. Chapter 13. In verse 15. God might kill me, but I... Now, this is after the health stuff, too, that, that came upon him. God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I am going to argue my case with him. God may allow me to die, but I have no other hope but him. I'm going to argue my case. Now, what does that mean to argue your case? Do you know it's okay to have a conversation with God? Do you know it's okay to talk to God because you don't understand what's happening? I can tell you I had very many conversations with God last year. When Ashley and I were in the hospital and we were going through what we went through last year, a lot of conversations. Our family had a lot of conversations. God is big enough to hear your conversations. God is big enough to handle your uncertainty. The fact that we do not understand sometimes when things happen. God is big enough to have those conversations with you. Are we big enough to have those conversations with God? Or do we push him away and say, this isn't what I planned for. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I want. I'm going to go do things my own way. If I can't get what I want by serving God, then by God, I'm not going to serve him anymore. And I can tell you what's at the end of that path is destruction. When we walk away from God, even among life's worst disappointments, we are simply walking further into destruction. Now, what happens to Job? Job had questions. Job didn't understand. Job went to God with some hard conversations. And what did God say? Who made everything? Who laid the foundations of the very earth? Job, you know you don't understand it all. And Job knew he didn't understand it. That's why he was so ready to receive whatever answers God would give him. 
And what happened to Job? Because he did not stray away from God, because he did not walk away from God, because he didn't blame God. Everything he had was restored and greater. No matter what disappointment you are dealing with in your life, know that God has a plan for you. And that plan does not end just because our plan didn't go the way we wanted. I fooled around in school for a while because I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to do. The plan I had had for four years didn't pan out. That plan didn't pan out. I have a doctorate of wandering from Parkland College. I'm like, well, what, uh, what's similar to what I was doing before? I was really good at computer drafting. I'm pretty decent with computers. I took some computer classes on fixing computers or building computers. I, took a, I kept doing drafting classes. I did some web design classes. I'm like, what do I want to do with my life? I became a, a survey technician. I, had, I did land surveying uh, 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 tech work in Danville for like a year plus uh, towards the end of my time at Parkland. And uh, I'm just, I'm like water. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. I began to, to, to have some ideas of maybe doing some web design stuff because I really enjoyed doing that. I had done it for youth group and done it for our youth group for a while, a long time. I'm like, hey, maybe I, could, maybe I could make a living doing web design stuff or whatever. So I kind of dabbled in that a little bit and, uh, and did some side work on that. Ended up going to, to school to get my bachelor's online with web and multimedia, audio, video, stuff like that. And I'm just, I'm searching. I'm just trying to figure it out because it didn't go how I planned. So I get my bachelor's in web design and multimedia. And then do you know what I got a job doing? Youth pastor. How many of you know God's plans are bigger than our plans? God's plans are bigger than our plans. When you make a plan and it doesn't work out, know that God's got some work going on in the background. What is our job? What is our task? Is to stay faithful to Him. Knowing that He works all things out to the good of those who are sold out to Him. Our job as followers of Christ our job as believers, our job as Christians is to know that He has a path for us. He has a plan for us. He has something far greater than, for us than even our best laid plans, right? Even our best laid plans cannot hold a flame to what God has for us. We can allow life's disappointments to push us away from God, or we can allow them to draw us near to God. We can allow life's disappointments to get us bitter and angry and upset and mad at God and mad at the world, or we can allow those things that come in life, which we know are coming, right? We may not know what disappointments are coming, but we know disappointments are coming, right? For when we were kids in school and got a bad grade on a test that we had really studied for, that kind of sets you up to know, hey, there's going to be disappointments in life, but how do we handle those disappointments? How do we handle those disappointments in life? Do we run away from God or do we run to him. Romans chapter 5. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Right after the book of Acts. Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 3, starting in verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. You can read disappointments right into that if you want to. Rejoice when we run into problems, trials, disappointments, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Did you hear that? 
The hope we build in Jesus Christ, the hope that we build from going through these disappointments will not lead to disappointment. When we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when we know that God has a better plan for us, that's the hope that does not disappoint. That's the hope that we can stand true to and know that God will come through for us. Whew, that's good. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. He's signed, sealed, and delivered. Signed, sealed, and delivered. God has given us the hope in our hearts. That hope does not disappoint. That hope fills us with joy and strength. And we know that God will give us wisdom to deal with whatever comes our way. And when we get through that season of disappointment, when we get through those trials, what do we have that's developed inside of us? Perseverance. Greater strength. And guess what that perseverance will help you do? Get through the next disappointment. Am I right? Get through the next disappointment. The past year, year and a half, has not gone how I wanted it to go. If you would have asked me last April, what plans do you have for the next couple years, Matt? I could have laid some out for you. Not one of those would have come to pass. Because the enemy had an attack ready for us. Some pretty major disappointments. But do you know what else was ready for us? The power and provision of God. God is good. God loves us. And not only does he love us, he has signed, sealed, and delivered that love through the Holy Spirit. And through the teaching and strength that we see through Jesus Christ. We can be ready for any disappointment. You you may not know what's coming specifically, but we know we can be ready because God has given us endurance and strength from previous disappointments. God is good. So, so good. And 1 Peter 5, chapter 6 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares for you. Give your worries and cares and disappointments and struggles and questions and doubts and tough conversations. Give it to God because He cares for you and He will lift you up. He will push you forward and He will help you get stronger, build endurance, build faith, and that will push you through the next disappointment. Because Jesus even said, in this life you will have trials, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome anything that's going to try to come against you. Remember, no weapon formed against you will prosper. doesn't say that it won't be formed against you. The enemy's going to attack. The enemy's going to fire. The enemy's going to try to push us around and cause us to do what Saul did, which is to be dejected and angry and bitter and push God away from the whole picture. The enemy would love nothing better than to get believers crying in their milk and not serving, being upset and not serving. There are things that are going to happen to us, and we get to decide our reaction to those things. We get to decide what we do. Do we draw away from God, or do we keep moving forward? Do we keep moving with God because we know His plan is good? Because we know His plan is good. I'm going to share with you one last passage. Quick story here. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. You guys will probably be familiar with this. The story of the rich man that came up to Jesus. So turn to Matthew chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 16. 
Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one good, one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. And Jesus said, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Are you kids listening over there? Honor your father and mother. Just as a side note, um, love your neighbor as yourself. And what does this, this, this young man say? Oh, I've done all that. I am perfect. Don't you worry, Jesus. I've kept all the commandments. I've obeyed all these commandments. Uh, the young man replied, what else must I do? What was he expecting? I believe that he was expecting an attaboy. Jesus said, "Woohoo! you are perfect. Come on, boy. Let's serve together. But what did he get instead? Jesus replied, Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now, he didn't get the answer that he wanted. He was a little disappointed. He was hoping for an attaboy, a pat on the back, a well job well done. That's not what he got, is it? Why? Because Jesus could see his heart. Jesus could see he wasn't quite what he was adding himself up to be. So the answer Jesus gave revealed something about this young man, and it disappointed him. Why did it disappoint him? In, uh, uh, in verse 22, But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. He went away sad. He was disappointed in the answer that he got, so what did he choose to do? Rather than standing right before Jesus and said, Okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do, Jesus. I want to follow after you. Whatever you have for me, I'll do it. Instead... He went away sad. He walked away from God because he didn't get the answer that he wanted. What are you going to do when you don't get the answer that you want? What are you going to do when th something in life happens that disappoints you, that lets you down, that doesn't go the way you expected it to go? How are you going to respond? How are you going to respond when life doesn't go your way? You know how you can respond? Turning to God. Giving him those worries, giving him those concerns, those doubts, those insecurities, those, what am I going to do now? My plans have been wrecked. <laughs> giving him all of that. You give that to him and he will give you a better plan. He will guide you in the right direction. He will comfort your soul. He will help you to grow in endurance, to grow in strength. Not only so you can continue to follow him, but so that you can minister to others who are going through similar disappointments and similar struggles. Because this life isn't about us, ladies and gentlemen. This life is about him and bringing more to him each and every opportunity that we get. We're going to have disappointments, but people are going to see how we handle those disappointments. Are we going to walk away like that young kid did when he didn't get the answer that he wanted? Are we going to walk away like Saul did when things were taken away from him? Or are we going to continue to stand firm and steadfast with Jesus, knowing that his plan is better? And if you're in here today and you say, Matt, I didn't even know I could go to God with that stuff. I'm not even sure I have a relationship with God. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can have it and you can go to him with anything that you have. Because God loves you. He desires to have a relationship with you. And not only a relationship in word, but in action. He wants to pour out things for you. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you wisdom. You can have a relationship with him today. If you have never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you can have that now. You can have that now. So the next time disappointment comes your way, you'll have a way to deal with it. You will have a God who lives inside of you, a God who loves you, a God who takes action on your behalf and fills you with the Holy Spirit.
which gives you boldness and strength to serve him even through disappointment. Even through disappointment. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. But God has given you a measure of faith to receive him today. God has given you a measure of faith to reach out and take hold of that free gift of salvation bought for us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He died on that cross so we didn't have to. He took the the weight of our sin so we didn't have to. So that all we had to do is believe, receive that sacrifice, make Jesus the Lord of our life, and call God our Heavenly Father. As a child of God, we are adopted into the kingdom and we receive that free gift of salvation. So if you are in this room today and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand. And I'm going to lead us all here in a prayer in just a moment. bow our heads and pray together. Father God, thank you so much for giving Jesus, your one and only son, to die for us. For giving Jesus to pay the price we could never pay on our own. And adopting us into the kingdom. Father, today, we make you the Lord of our lives. We give you control of our life. We want want you to guide us and lead us and show us your plan, Father. Will you help us to grow each and every day in the knowledge of you, in our knowledge of you, Father? Thank you for your love, for your grace, for the mercy that you have given us. By allowing the price of our sin to be put on your son, Today we commit to following after you every day for the rest of our lives. Father, we thank you for who you are, for all you've done, and for your faithfulness. We love you and give you glory and honor. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Man, God is good. Man, God is good. I hope that wasn't too short for you today. Uh, but I want to I say something real quick. Before we dismiss, I want to remind you. Um, uh, do not neglect tithes and offerings. I know everybody's going through something. We're going through something. You're going through something. The world is going through something. Man, there's rough times all over the place. We just talked about that today. How do we handle disappointment? We stay faithful to God, and that's included in our tithes and offerings and our giving. This church is phenomenal. This church family is phenomenal. And everything that's gone on over the past seven or eight months, giving, to my knowledge, has not slumped. You are incredibly faithful. And it's because of that faithfulness that God continues to work through this church family, continues to work through each and every one of you. When you're faithful, God's faithful. God's always faithful, right? So I'm going to remind you, uh, there's envelopes out in the lobby when you walk past, if you haven't already, uh, to, to, to give your offering, or there's a basket right there uh, for your offering. You can also, and I brought my phone up here just for this occasion, so I can show you because I'm kind of a tech geek, right? So we have Tithely, and if you've never used it before, uh, I know we had some bugs early on, but it's been, it's been really, really good and really helpful to me with everything going on. Uh, if you've got Tithely, whoops, I opened up my Bible. When you've got Tithely, uh, can you guys all see my bank account here? 
uh, ignore all those zeros. Uh, I'm just joking. When you've got tithely, it's so easy. Once it's set up, I literally, because we give the same amount every week, we give our tithe every week, uh, I can literally hit, um, are you guys watching? Can you see all the way up here? I hit this button, quick give. I say, okay. It processes, says thank you. I get a personal email note from Pastor Scott every single week when I give. I'm sure he writes it by himself, right? No, it's automated because I set it up. But it's still, it's still, it's personalized, right? And to some extent. So right there, I can go back to the app. And here's this cool thing. Like I said, I'm a tech guy, so I'm gonna show you this. I can go to my recent giving through Tithely and I can look through, you guys all see this? Can you zoom in the camera? Uh, you can see all your past giving. Now the church still sends you a statement at the end of the year, all that stuff, stuff is the same, uh, but it goes right out of our bank account. Uh, you can even choose to cover the, uh, the small fee for processing payments and stuff. That's a huge blessing, an additional blessing for the church, but it makes it so easy to do that. Of course, we still take, uh, still take checks. So you can mail them in. People have been mailing in uh, like bank checks and stuff like that, whatever that is. But know that when you're faithful, however it is, whether you give through Tithely, write a check, or drop a gold brick on pastor's desk, whatever it is, however you choose to tithe and give, know that God will bless it. As we're faithful to obey, he blesses us in every way. Thank you so much for being an incredible blessing. Thank you for being an amazing church family. And as you exit today, uh, just remember, uh, try not to hang around in the lobby, head outside. I know it's cold and windy, uh, but remember your face masks, head outside. We love you so much. We appreciate you. I love you and appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to ramble a little bit today. Uh, I'm super excited about the honor this is to, to share with you. And uh, anyway, I'll go ahead and with that, we'll let the ushers dismiss you guys. We love you. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.